Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to TikTok Radio. I have a special guest with us here today. I have Roger Ma. He is at 170,000 followers on TikTok and posts amazing skincare content. And so I wanted to have him on here today to share his TikTok journey. So welcome. Thank you. That's crazy. You really kept up because I literally just hit 170 like a few minutes ago. <laughs> I literally looked at it right before because I like to double check because sometimes I'll yeah. look at someone's profile like three weeks ago and they'll have gained like a ton of followers. And then I'm like, oh, just kidding. I'm wrong. So congrats. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wow, she's like keeping track live, um, like live. But yes, hi, I'm Roger. First, I'm a student. I'm still in school and I'm studying marketing and business admin. And I also have experience like working in the beauty industry and so I kind of combined both of those things to start creating content on TikTok surrounding skincare and beauty. And I started during quarantine, of course, like many creators did. Like every <laughs> single person I feel like I've interviewed. It's like, why did you get on TikTok? I was bored. <laughs> like everyone. Yeah. And I was just like kind of posting random stuff like, oh, it's my birthday or like just like, you know, all like the was that coffee the whipped coffee all that stuff yes. and then yeah and then I started seeing more people on my for you page talking about like their job for some reason I was getting a lot on my FYP about like people working in the beauty industry and people working in fashion and like they're sharing their like how they got their job or sharing secrets and so I started sharing like stuff about fashion because I used to work in fashion but then I started sharing like skincare stuff and then the, like the first video I made like really took off and then I was like okay I'll just keep creating skincare content then. And then that's how I got to where I am now. Yeah. So did you consider yourself like a content creator or an influencer before you really started growing on TikTok? Or did that kind of shape the rest of the content you're putting out like on Instagram and stuff too? Yeah, definitely. Like, okay, when I was in high school, I used to have like a YouTube channel. I think but we all had a YouTube channel in high school. I had a YouTube channel. I told, like, I was, like, making makeup. I used to do makeup a lot. So I used to be very focused in makeup when I was in high school. And I did, like, makeup for, like, prom, for, like, people for prom. And, like, I was on the cheer team, so I did makeup for competitions and stuff. And so I shared a lot of, like, makeup videos on YouTube, which have all now been privated, so you cannot find them. They're in the Darn archives. Darn it. I can't go look for them now. <laughs> you can't find them now. So like that was my first experience as a content creator, really. But then like, it wasn't like that much. And then I was like, everybody was kind of like curating their Instagram feed, but like not being like an actual influencer, you know? And so definitely that first video about skincare on TikTok is like what pushed me into doing like um, content creation in the skincare space, because I definitely wasn't doing that before on any other platform. And like, sometimes I would share here and there, like, oh, like, this is a new product I like on my Instagram, but not to like this level where I'm like sharing knowledge, information, like at such a consecutive like pace and like, you know, actually planning out content and like doing all this. So like, were you already like into skincare though? Like it was something you were interested in. It just wasn't something you were creating content around. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like I had worked as a sales associate at a skincare store. And then I had also worked as a marketing intern, a Korean beauty agency. And so like a lot of my work experience was already involved in skincare. And I was just like always keeping up to skincare on like social media. And like, I noticed that like many of my friends were like coming to me for skincare advice. And then that's like, was, was like, oh, okay. Like if I'm sharing it to my friends, I might as well share it to like everybody. And then that's how we got here. 
I love that because I think a lot of people aren't really aware of like what their brand is. And so when, you know, people are telling them in the marketing world, like find your brand, like what's your niche, a really good measure of that is like, what do your friends come to you to? So that's like a perfect yeah, example. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. your friends are asking you and you're like, well, why not just put it out there for the world? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I found you for your skincare content. That's like initially where I followed you. And it's interesting because I think because TikTok is independent of other platforms, like you'll come across people and they present themselves in a way where you're like, oh, they're an influencer. Like when I found you, I automatically thought like you probably had thousands of followers on Instagram or you had a YouTube channel or something because your content was like so professional. And were you aware that you were doing that or were you just like creating content and it just happened to come across as really like curated? No, I had no idea. Like I was just like creating content. I think especially at the time when you followed me, like that, that was a time when I was still really in my novice level, when I was still figuring out like what I was doing. And like now, like I've kind of got a structure down, like the formula that I use for my videos. But back then I was just kind of like shooting into the stars and like putting out videos. And I definitely, like at that time, I wasn't even thinking about how people were perceiving me. I was just like creating and creating. And I definitely now I'm like being more aware of how people perceive me and how I'm using that to shape my brand and my content. But like, yeah, definitely back then, I remember when you followed me, like, because I think you were one of the first verified people to follow me. So I was like, oh my God, this person with a blue check followed me. I was like, who is this? And then, so like, yeah, back then I just like was creating content, like, randomly <laughs> yeah it's funny because that's so weird to me because I'm like not cool like I don't feel like I'm that cool and then when people are like oh yeah I remember when you followed me I'm like really like <laughs> is my follow that like memorable I guess because yeah the blue check does stand out but yeah that's so funny that you say that like I've been on such a skincare journey this past year ish like in October of 2019 I started having really bad hormonal acne so that's mm -hmm. why I've really been following a lot of skincare people like obviously skincare by Hiram he's blown up everywhere I feel like this like the boys of skincare like I kind love of, it I it's like love it. it's like James Charles is like the boy makeup guru and then we have Hiram who's like the skincare and then we have Brad Mundo who's like the boy hair <laughs> care wow. guru it's so funny because it's like typically those are like female dominated industries and then you have these male personalities coming out as influencers or as authorities in the field so it's just so interesting to see happen would you say did you follow Hiram was he like a bit of an inspiration for your content or just irrelevant yeah definitely I followed well when I first started off I followed Hiram I followed skincare by V I mean what's on V? she's Sorry. amazing yes uh -huh. I love her she's so funny uh-huh and then I was also following Ben Neely because I had what he's like a content creator from New York or from Colorado but he was in New York at the time mm. and he was somebody that I like followed like way back when like years ago because he used to do skincare for this like another K Korean beauty agency that I knew and then so through I guess like I knew of their presence and I knew that there was a skincare community on TikTok but I w definitely wasn't like oh I want to be like them at the time when I was creating content I wasn't like oh like I want to be like these people I was just like creating content and then like once I happened to enter into the space and connect with them I was like oh wow this is like really cool and it's been like really cool it's like um, connecting with people in the skincare space and like connecting with content creators like all around this, the country I think that's like been the coolest part yeah it's it's been cool to watch you grow because I feel like because you're such a niche and you you have a very like iconic style of your I mean like you stand out like just in general just being a male in the skincare space like I feel like any girl can hold up a skincare product and you're like oh okay like sure because <laughs> of influencer culture but I noticed that you've been working with brands and that is something because you know you don't have a million followers you're not like this huge creator across all platforms you don't have millions of subs on YouTube when did you first start getting brands reaching out to you I'm curious okay so my first brand deal was with Bliss and I feel very lucky to work with them and I worked through an agency with them movers and shakers and I feel very fortunate that that was the first brand deal experience I ever had because the agency and the point of contact I had at the agency was very like transparent with it. I've heard a lot of stories about creators 
who like are really small and get taken advantage of by like big brands and agencies there like when they're just starting out and they have right. no idea and so I was kind of like oh well brands started reaching out like when I had like 10,000 followers I was scared like I was like oh my god like I don't like I don't know what to do like I don't know but then like and I didn't know if they were like legit but like when movers and shakers reached out on behalf of bliss I had like 30k followers and I knew who they were because they were doing like these big campaigns with like Elf and these other brands. I was like, okay, like this agency is legit. This brand is legit. Like, and the whole process is run really smoothly. And it's been a long-term collaboration. We've been working together since August <laughs> and we're continuing to work together. And I'm so glad and like, I'm so grateful for the relationship that I have with them. But yeah, that was like the first one. And I think the like working with this agency has helped shape me as like a creator to become like brand friendly and to be like learn how to communicate with brands as well Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it speaks a lot to the fact that you are so niche like you generally mostly post about skincare like I don't feel like I've seen I saw you did a, a video of your bedroom getting redone which is fun but would you say that like most of your content is skincare when you post it yeah skincare like a sprinkle of makeup but mainly skincare at the moment, at the moment. Ooh. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. But- yeah, I think that helps people though, like get more brand deals because like for someone like me, like I didn't really monetize until, well, I was on TikTok before people really monetized it, but I wasn't really able to monetize until I had like 300 or 400,000. And I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. when you have a really niche audience, like a really engaged niche audience, like they know like, oh, if Roger posts about skincare, like that's what people follow him for, like specifically. So I think that definitely helped you land. Like that's a pretty big company to be working with really early on. Yeah, I feel that. Like, I feel like we do see that. I think that as like a niche creator too, sometimes you see like people who are doing like dancing videos or humor videos and like their videos just have a tendency to go viral as opposed to like skincare education content. And a lot of people are like, oh my God, like, how, like, I see a lot of, like, new creators are like, oh my god, like, how come I can't, like, grow like that? And I was just like, you know, if you, since you are very niche, like, you do have an opportunity to work with brands at an earlier stage, like, when, if, because brands, when they're trying to, like, contact niche creators, they're looking for, like, engagement, whereas, like, sometimes with bigger creators, they're looking for exposure. And so I'm, like, like, I'm grateful for, like, at the time, while I had a small following, I was able to like cultivate a following and like really be engaged with my followers. I develop a relationship with them so that I could get these brand deals and like make it all mutually beneficial for like me, my audience and the brand. Was that even something that was on your mind when you started making skincare content? No, I had like no intention to monetize. I was just like, this is a quarantine thing. I'm just going to create like skincare stuff. And, you know, I, I still do like, just like create skincare stuff and like, but I started making more friends in the community and like, you know, we all talk about it like, oh yeah, like, you know, we want, we're all kind of doing this as like, some people are doing this as a hobby, but it would, it's still nice to like do brand deals. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I got a skincare company that reached out to me because I had commented on one of your videos saying that I liked their products, which is crazy. I never thought about that, but it makes sense that that would be a good way for brands to find other influencers to work with. But that's just the first time I ever, I'm not doing any like sponsored deals with them. Like they sent me a PR package, but it's just, it's crazy to me that that's like a way that they find more influencers. I know like it's actually so crazy realizing like how present these agencies like are on social media and like they're watching like you you think like they're like your name is just on a excel sheet and they email you and like they don't know anything about you and then like with that same company like when we got into our briefing meeting there was like a powerpoint and there were like my videos in the PowerPoint and pictures from my Instagram. And they're like, oh, we like when you do this. And I was like, you guys actually watch me? Like, <laughs> and like, you guys actually read through my comments? I was like, this is crazy. So yeah, I saw that. I was like, I saw that 
the brand like had liked your comment and then when you messaged me that they like messaged you I was like oh my god like they're going through it all yeah and I think that brings up a good point too like about just the community in general I messaged Roger when they reached out to me because I had seen that he had worked with them and I wanted to see what his experience was like and I've talked about this I feel like a ton on Clubhouse I don't know if you're on Clubhouse but it's like I'm addicted to it right now. Not yet. Seeking Not yet. Invite, I said, I said seeking invite. I will Twitter. send you an invite after this. So basically, <gasps> oh God, really? yeah, I have like five right now. Basically, like, I think that there's such a lack of like communication between influencers. Cause like, you know, we're told like, especially in America, it's like, don't talk about money. Don't talk about your salary. Like money is so taboo. And then these brands are like screwing over small influencers or like I had an experience where someone reached out to me and because they saw a sponsored post I did and they said hey was that sponsored or was that PR and I was like oh that was sponsored and they were like really because that brand told me they didn't have any budget for sponsorships because Mm -hmm. they were a small business starting out and then come to find out it's not a small business like the contract I signed was with a major makeup company that this brand was like a subsidy of so mm-hmm. I think it's so important for creators to communicate and like you know if Roger had had a bad experience he would probably would have been like yeah I didn't really you know eh, it was okay do it at your own risk type of thing so I think that's so important because you know we want to like look out for each other and make sure we're not getting taken advantage of in the end yeah, definitely. I'm like, everybody does have their own experiences with brands and, you know, that can be different for everyone. But generally, like if a creator is to ask me and like, I ask my friends all the time too, like, oh, you know, like, have you worked with this brand before? Like, or like, what does this mean in the contract? Because I'm not sure. Have you guys ever done something like this before? And it's really helpful to get their input because like sometimes, although as very nice as they come off brands like might be hiding something in the fine print that you don't know and making you feel like or especially as a new creator you don't know what the norm is and you don't know what the industry standard is and there's a lot of sketchy things that some brands sometimes try to pass off as an industry standard and getting that like reassurance from your friends like oh that's not normal it's like okay I have like some grounds to you know discuss this with the brand for. Right. Yeah. I'm curious because you came from like not really having an influencer background and not having the intention of monetizing. How did you kind of navigate starting this kind of like business side of influencing? Because I think that can be super overwhelming to people. So how did you kind of, you know, get comfortable or get more comfortable being more as a business than just like a creator? Google. Google (laughs) (laughs) was kind of my best friend. I was like searching up like, what does usage rights mean? What does this mean in the contract? And also my parents, I'm like, I literally go to my mom for everything. Just because like my mom has like worked as a business owner before. And so Mm. although she's not a lawyer, she's not an accountant, but she has like done many of those roles as a business owner. And so like, I'm like, mom, like, what does this mean? Like, how should I say this? Like, how do I go back how do I respond and she's like helped me a lot with that but you know I love that I know I'm like thank you so much like for her being at home during quarantine to help me but she also does lack experience in like social media and, and stuff she's not familiar with it and so it's kind of like combining what my mom tells me with what I can find online that's like how I started off and then when I eventually was able to establish more relationships with like creators in the space like that's who I'm like discussing with now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say that's the same thing for me even. And I'm, I mean, I've been creating content for like five years. There's still stuff where I'm like reaching out to people and being like, Hey, have you ever seen a brand deal structured like this? Or like, what's your experience with this? So I feel like that kind of never ends because the it's always evolving too. Like there's, I mean, I've seen so many new structures of ways brands are working with creators, which is, is pretty mm-hmm. cool to see. How did your parents Um, react once you started kind of growing? At first, like, I didn't tell my parents. I was just, like, creating, like, because, you know, kids don't like to tell their parents that you're on social media. I have them, like, blocked on, like, Facebook and everything, too. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, they'll never find out about TikTok. They're literally, like, you know, Gen X. Like, they're not going to find this app that is made for, like, young people. And then my, like, my parents, friends, kids started finding me on their FYP and they were telling their parents like, oh, look, I found Roger on like my TikTok. 
And then their parents are like, what's TikTok? And then they told my parents like, oh, did you know that my son found your son on TikTok? And then my mom was like, what's TikTok? <laughs> and then I was like, well, I've kind of been doing this little thing on this app. I've been like doing skincare stuff. And then at first my mom was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like you're just sharing stuff. And the thing is like, my mom's like always wanted me. I, my mom has always, when I was, because I'm like six two, when I was in high school. Are you really? Yeah, yeah, I'm six. I not picture you being super tall. It's funny because on social media, you never know how tall people are. Okay, so it, you're really yeah, tall. Like, yeah, so many people think like when people find out I'm six two, they're like, I did not imagine that. I'm like, yeah, I am. When I was in high school, my mom's like, why don't you go be a model? Because you're like six two. I'm like, mom, please just let me go to school. Like, I'm just like, she's like, no, like you should do modeling. And I'm like, mm, I'm fine. Like. I'm okay. Let me just I like, love that. And then, so when I started doing this, she was like, oh, so like you're gaining a following like on social media. She's going to be your momager. Like, yeah, I like... think I totally, like, I think my mom is totally like that. She's like, a, I love it. Like, you know, cause she's like a business manager. She was like a business owner and like a stay at home mom. So I think inherently she has like that very like momager type of like attitude. I she's going to be and the so, next like, Kris Jenner. I know. So <laughs> that's why she's always like, so what's going on? Like, what's the deal? Like any brands reach out? Like, what? and I'm like, oh, mom, just like, let me handle this myself now. I can do it. Uh-huh. But yeah, so she was like very like on board with it. I think like there is a part of her that still wants me to go like traditional route. I think like some, there are like, you know, traditional Asian parents, they still want, they feel like it's more secure for their kids to go a traditional route. But there is a part of her that's also very like, oh yeah, like I want you to like go out and like be an influencer. I was just like, yeah, like I don't need an MBA to be a content creator, but it would just be nice. Yeah, like (laughs) it just sounds nice, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh Why is that? Why do we want that society, capitalism? I know it's, it's, we need to like try to separate ourselves from that mindset or distance ourselves from that mindset of like I think social media that. is changing that though like I do feel like you know we're seeing so many people build careers around things they're passionate about and like I mean only Jayus is a great example she does like psychology content she's like yeah, 10 million yeah. followers mm-hmm. she's like does not have a degree in psychology like she shares facts like she learns online because she started looking up things she was interested in so it's like cool to see people are able to build these careers and you don't even you don't have to pay you don't have to take out student loans for it which is Uh awesome but even with what you're doing now you know like having the experience of an influencer helps in the marketing field so like yeah, definitely. I feel like, especially when you're in a niche space and in a space that's like growing so rapidly as beauty and skincare, like I get excited. Like sometimes with like, for instance, with Bliss, I'm involved in like the content and the concept like creation process, like ideating content. And like sometimes with brands, they ask us to like consult them. Like, oh, what do you think about this? Like, what how, do you think like audiences will like if an ingredient this ingredient that is the best like when you can have like a genuine relationship with brands and they want your feedback like that is like the ideal situation yeah I'm so grateful that I've been able to like create this relationship with brands where they're like I'm help like I'm like giving my input on like what I think and it's like that's like great experience I think moving forward like if I do want to you know continue a career in like the beauty marketing space that like I have this type of valuable experience now. Right. So are you going to school full-time right now or are you part-time? Still full-time, but it's my last quarter. So I'm graduating in like two months. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I've, college feels like a million years ago for me. How do you kind of balance creating content while being a student? I mean, I'm sure you have a busy schedule. <laughs> yeah, like I, ugh, it was like, I start because I started content creation in quarantine and that was like the the beginning of online school and I think that it was very lax then because you know professors were still figuring out remote learning and yeah. like so everybody was still kind of lax like they weren't they were just like being lenient because it's like we know that this is like the first quarter that it's online and so I didn't really feel like there was this conflict And then in the summer, it was like, just like, I was just creating. 
And then my fall quarter, last quarter, was like school had figured their stuff out. They knew exactly how they were implementing online learning. Professors had gotten their plans. And so it was kind of like school, like normal, like as if we were in person. The workload was back up to like where it was. And so I was like, oh my God, this is like, I was just like so overwhelmed with like content creation and school. And so I really needed to start like figuring stuff out because my content schedule was like, out of like in whack because I was just like doing school and not being able to like figure out a consistent schedule for posting. And so I like started using like Notion, which is I think it's similar to like other. It's yeah. Someone else posted about the other day and I have kind of been playing with it. It's like very, it's a lot more versatile than things like stat. There's like different platforms that are kind of like, yeah, it. Yeah. I, I forget the name of it. I think like, once I cut eight, eight it's like Asiana or Asia Trello, or something like that. Asana, Trello. Asana, and Trello. Asana, Asana, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So yeah, I saw that. Do you like it? Yeah, but yeah, I'm still like figuring it out. But like, it's because like I told one of my influencer friends, her name's Helen, and I was like, oh my god, like she's like graduated already, but I was like, I'm struggling with like content creation in school, and she's like, oh, you should use this app called Notion and just like really try to see how you can fit in these different content creation responsibilities like between your gaps in class and then like that way you can like perfectly plan everything and like not feel overwhelmed with all this work and like it did help a lot because like I used to like just separate my days into like half of the day for school half of the day to content creation and it would just waste a lot of time when I was doing nothing in between kind of yeah and so now instead of like just separating them into like the one part of the day and the other part of the day they're like integrated into each other and so now I'm like completing them like throughout the day and then making it more manageable for me Mm, yeah Mm -hmm. I think con like that kind of sounds like the time blocking technique of time management and one -hmm. thing that I think is actually harder is a full-time creator is because you just have like an empty day and then you're like okay I have to build my own schedule off of this so it's kind of nice and overwhelming at the same time when you have things like commitments that are already there so that you can plan around those it gives you a little bit more structure I'm a structure person so when I'm like trying to plan my week and I have nothing on my calendar I'm like okay what do I do (laughs) like lay in bed and watch Netflix all day like no I have to I have to put things in here I need to do something on that day I think like I'm better now because my fall quarter I was also doing my remote internship at the same Mm. time as school and content creation and so but that ended a few months ago but like that's why I was so overwhelmed in the fall but like being able to offload that responsibility of the internship but also catching my bearings and how to like plan now I'm like in a better space but as we approach midterms and stuff like I feel like I'm gonna get overwhelmed again so I'm like trying to pace myself and batch content that's what I was gonna ask batching Mm -hmm. content do you batch when you create I it's always like in theory I'm always like okay I'm gonna dedicate a few hours in one day of the week and just create all these ideas and then like all of a sudden one night at midnight, I'm like, that's an idea I want to do. And then you film till 2 a.m. And then you edit and then you're like, okay, I'm going to post this tomorrow. And it's like none of the ideas that you had planned in the beginning of the week. But I feel like batching, it's like, batching is, is like good for like planning and, and like getting stuff consistent. But it's also like really hard to do all in one day, especially when you're like a skincare education channel or like a skincare sharing channel because you have to like come up with so many different ideas and like plan them out as opposed to like because I know like TikTok is like oh like create three videos a day or like and create every day and like sometimes for a skincare education creator it gets really overwhelming because like there's not even this much stuff that I can talk about and so or like there's not even that many new skincare products that I can talk about like every single day and so like But batching does seem to be the best thing right now. I think like when I sense that I'm going to be overwhelmed, like when I'm seeing that there's going to be a lot of work, I have an essay or paper due, I have a midterm, then I'll batch content. But usually if I'm like, don't have those big responsibilities, it's just like, oh, I just thought of this idea. I'm going to, you know, create the video. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I think mm-hmm. batching can be overwhelming. It can be very tiring. Like it's just very draining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people underestimate yeah. how draining like being in front of the camera is a lot, especially if you're talking to the camera. Like it's like an energy suck. And then once you've done like three videos, you're like, okay, I'm tired. And then you don't feel like you no. should be tired because you're like, all I did was talk to a camera, but it is tiring. Because it's like, it's not just those 60 seconds, you know, it's like take after take after take. No, I didn't like that. Another take. Oh, the product wasn't showing correctly. Another take. I didn't like how my hair looked. It's like, oh, I said the word wrong. And then it's like over and over again, you spend so much time. And it just like, it is, it's like actually this weird feeling like your mouth is tired and like (laughs) your brain feels tired and you just feel drained. You feel drained. And it's, and it's, it feels weird to say that because you didn't actually do anything like physically, physical intensive, but like you feel tired. I'm glad it's not just me and I'm not crazy. I'm curious because you talk about skincare. So this is something I've always wondered. So skincare, like you're, you know, you're talking about brands and I think I kind of struggle with this with beauty content. Do you ever get scared of giving something a bad review or do you kind of like avoid talking about products you don't like, or do you mostly just feature things that you do like? Yeah. So when I first started off, I made it a rule to myself that like, if you don't like a product, just don't talk about it and only talk about products that you like. Um, But then like people started asking me about products that I didn't like. And I was like, oh, like, do I just ignore that? Like, or do I just like, do I address it? And I was like, okay, fine. Like if, you know, like, you know, cause it's like, I think people mistaken sometimes like, oh, you you don't talk bad about a product because like, you just want to keep, stay on their PR list. Or like, you just like, want to like open up the opportunity for a brand deal. But like, for me, it was just like, oh no, I just like, I don't want to hate on a product, right? Like because I know that there's people out there who may like that product and I don't want them to feel like, oh, should I stop using this because like this person doesn't like it. And so I've like tried to approach it in a way that I'm giving my honest, authentic opinion on a product, but not trying to dictate somebody's like opinion or decision. Like I kind of do like, and that's why I've tried to do like brand reviews now. So like doing like a few products from one brand and saying like, I like this, I didn't like this. So it's not like, oh, I'm hating on this brand, I'm hating on this product, but more like, you know, this is like, it's natural that out of a whole product range, I'm gonna like some, there's gonna be some misses, but I'll explain why I don't like the product and like how that could be different for somebody else, right? Like, oh, I didn't like this product because it was too thick, but that's just me. If you have like, you know, if you like moisturizers that are thicker, then maybe you might might wanna try it out. But I definitely do think that it's important to give your in products that didn't work out for you because that is, a, that is like a part of being authentic as a creator and, and not being scared of like being taken off a PR list. Right. Yeah. I think that's worth, and I think that I've seen that shift in the entire beauty space as well is that influencers just like not like just giving their honest opinion, not caring about the PR list anymore. I think like that's something I came to terms with. I'm like, I think at the beginning you're like, Oh my God, a PR list. Oh my God. Like I want to be on a PR list. Like, and I I don't want to say anything bad, but I think I'm at a point where I'm just like, if they take me off their PR list, like, and I want to try out their product, like it's going to be like $30. I'll just buy it and try it out. And like, like a $30 product, giving me $30 product as a gift is not going to like buy my opinion on their something. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good mindset to have too I think with PR so like I really didn't get makeup PR until this year and then now I have so much makeup PR I don't even know what to do with it because I'm wondering how you handle this too do you always post when you get PR or do you try it out first and then post what you like like and don't like because I've had that issue is like I've gotten PR from brands that like I don't really want to post for like I don't really support them but then I feel like kind of bad because it's like well they send it to me for free like and I feel like that's how people get roped into posting PR so I'm wondering how you navigated that at first and handle it yeah especially with skincare because it's not like you can just try one product for a day or even a week and then form your opinion on it I like try different I like integrate different products into my skincare routine and I try them for at least a month or more before I make like a video on it and so even when they send PR it's like I'm not posting a video unless it's like something about 
the packaging or like something that's not about like the results that take a month, I'll post about it. But yeah, it, it gets overwhelming at a point, like when you receive so much skincare PR and it's like, you know, you can't be constantly What switching. do I do with this? Yeah. Yeah, like I can't constantly be switching out different skincare products. My skin would hate me for that. And so I'm just like, I'm at a point where like, I like email the brand or like I DM the brand, like, oh, thank you so much for your product. And I'm giving them my feedback. Like, oh, I like this product. This product didn't work out so much for me. And they like value my feedback. And then, you know, I'm like glad that I'm able to like, at least give them feedback that way. Yeah. You know, I've never (laughs) even thought about doing that. So I'm going to do that now. Cause like, there's not always, like, I don't really create makeup content on TikTok. I mean, I do a little bit, but there's not always room for me to post organically about PR unless it's like a PR unboxing. So yeah, I think that's, that's good advice though, giving the brand feedback on the product. So, you know, they're getting value from it, even if it's not visibility. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned something about editing and I meant to ask you this like two questions ago, but do you film and edit on your phone or do you have any other things you use? Well, yeah. So I still film on my phone, but when I first started off, I had an iPhone seven and I have an iPhone seven up until a few months ago. And it's this new iPhone. I got the iPhone. I got like the iPhone 11 pro max. Um, It's like the first investment that I made with the, the money that I had earned from TikTok. And so like, I just directly reinvested the money that I earned into like creating better content and higher quality content. And so, yeah, I just use my iPhone now and I edit in video leap and just like search up like video editing app on Google. And that's just what came up. So it's what I've been using since for editing my videos. Yeah. And then sometimes in TikTok, but mostly in video leap, because I like do that thing where like my main format now is like video, not video voiceovering. Yeah. Um, I love voiceovers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's like much, it's clearer and like, and you can change things post filming because sometimes you say the wrong word or you say something wrong. And then it's like, I can't change that. It's already been filmed in post, like when you're editing. I noticed you're not posting on Instagram reels yet. Do you have reels? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good observation. So like my creator friends have been telling me post reels, post reels. It's like the way to grow on Instagram right now. And I, yeah, it's weird because a big portion of my following on Instagram is still like who used to be my following before I was a content creator, right? It's like, before I was doing skincare and and only like one third of the followers that I have right now actually came from TikTok. And so that's why I sprinkle in like skincare stuff, but I'm still keeping true to like what I was posting before, like selfies and like just like random stuff. Life. Yeah. And so like, yeah, it's like, I'm scared. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like scared to like start like doing like, I feel like, oh my God, like I'm going to start posting like skincare. Because like the thing I want to do is like when I start creating content on Reels for it to be Reels native and for Instagram and like not just me reposting something that I have from TikTok. Sometimes I feel like when I go onto Instagram and then like because Instagram likes to prioritize all the Reels on the top of right now. But so that could be you. I know. I know. (laughs) And I'm like scrolling through. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm basically scrolling through like what I just saw on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why they made it because it's TikTok for people that don't want to check TikTok essentially. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to start reels, I want to make it just for reels. And so I might start, I might. You could (laughs) post that. You did the room makeover. That would be cool to post on reels because that's not skincare. It's like more you. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, I don't want my Instagram people to see what my old room looked like. See, like, it's just like, <laughs> and I think everybody relates, right? Oh, for it's like sure. Instagram versus TikTok. It's like, Instagram's like, no, I cannot let people know that I'm a human. They need to think I'm this perfectly curated person that, you know, has, you know, that, that's exactly it. That's Whereas it. I like, can't oh. let people know I'm human. I love that. Yeah, I can't let people know that I had this ugly room before. Like, I can't let people know that, like... I can't let people see my real skin in this real. So like, that's literally it. And I don't know. And for me right now, just like seeing where Instagram is headed with all this stuff, I'm like, not sure if that's where I want to put my 
efforts into if I want to invest mm. my efforts into there. Like if there was another platform that I want to start, if I want to diversify, it would probably be YouTube just because I feel like I'm like better at communicating through video form content. And it's just like something that's more familiar to me now since yeah. I'm like creating TikTok content to like start creating video content on YouTube. And yeah, just because like Instagram right now, I'm not really sure where it's at in terms of like growth potential none of us are <laughs> yeah I'm like so I'm just like and yeah and just because like I feel like I I'm such a better communicator through video sometimes I think Instagram is like when you go into a skincare I think like the skincare space on Instagram and I go into a skincare creators like I don't I'm not getting that personality I'm just like yeah skincare and I'm like okay, this is like a library of different skincare products, but like, I'm not getting their brand. Everything's like the mm. same. Every, every creator's Instagram feed is the same thing. It's just a library of perfectly taken pictures of skincare products. And I'm like, there's like, I'm not getting the vibe. I'm not getting your vibe. Yeah. I'm like not feeling it. Uh-huh. I feel like I've learned so much more about skincare from TikTok than from Instagram because, and that's a good mm-hmm. point is like, you're not seeing like, the education side behind it. Like I never knew what retinol was until TikTok. Like that's mm-hmm. insane. That's like such a standard like skincare product. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah, I agree. It's like a library of skincare. I can totally see you doing YouTube though. Like I can see that you could be a YouTuber. We'll revive your old tutorial channel. And then- <laughs> My old channel, I know. I'm like, I feel like maybe on YouTube, I would- branch out into like different things like maybe do more like for me right now it's just like thinking about what I want to do on YouTube like do I want to continue what I'm doing on TikTok or do I want to do like talk about content creation or do I want to talk about like you know all this stuff like but I think that that's what's stopping me too that's right. what's like keeping me it's like that's thinking, a like, thing is like yeah, the like, overthinking I'm, yeah overthinking like thinking about how I'm going to package myself I'm like oh I should really just create you know, because it's like your first YouTube video is not going to be a hit. So it might as well just be like something to get the algorithm going, like to get your channel going. And I keep saying this and I keep saying it, I keep verbalizing it. And then it's like 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I'll put that on the back burner. (laughs) No, I totally relate to that. Cause I think the more you grow on social media, the more you stop yourself. Like I find myself, like I don't post on TikTok near as often as I did like even three months ago. Cause I'm like, oh, I can't post that. Like that's not on brand or like, oh no, that yeah. won't do well. But like three months ago, I would have just posted, not even probably six months ago. I probably would have just posted it just to see what happened. What happened? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Cause just like when I first started off, I was posting about fashion. I was posting about skincare. I was posting about food, just like uh, posting about K-pop, um, <laughs> literally just like anything I wanted. And it's just like, but now I'm like, oh, I'm doing skincare. I'm doing skincare. But slowly I'm trying to like diversify what I'm posting about and like kind of make, create my identity as like a creator versus just like skincare. Yeah. But yeah. But I think that like, it does require you to reach a certain, like, I think niching is a good mechanism for growth. And then once you're kind of there, then you can really like expand and like give your audience a bigger feel of your vibe, your brand, and then like go into different things. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love I that perspective. Yeah. I think uh-huh. a lot of people get so obsessed with niching. They like overthink it and they're like oh I have to find my niche I have to find my niche and this whole like niche thing I feel like I've heard a thousand times a day from like oh find your niche but then everyone wants to once they find their niche expand to other things like it's like you can only create one type of content for so long unless you're like a specific business or service like if you were selling your own skincare line then like of course you're gonna post about skincare but you know humans are multifaceted we're allowed to have interests in other areas it might not perform as well but as long as we enjoy creating it that's the most important part so it's weird because there's like this disconnect between like people trying to grow and trying to find their niche and focusing on that and then like all the bigger creators I talk to are like yeah I'm trying to branch out So it's like this weird, like balancing mechanism of like, I don't think Mm -hmm. anyone's ever 100% happy with how 
with the content they're creating because we always either want to be doing better or we want to be doing more variety mm-hmm. that yeah makes sense. I think like when you're starting off you are emphasized a lot like niche down niche down like people are like oh if you're just starting like find your niche find your niche and then it took me a while to realize that my niche is not my brand like people are like oh what's your brand and I was like oh I, I do skincare videos and they're like that's like an, your niche like what is your brand like that's different and now I'm like oh like figuring that out like trying to inject like my brand like through different videos and even in my skincare videos too Mm -hmm. yeah I love that differentiation I don't think people talk about that enough is that like your niche is not your brand you are your brand I say that all the time I'm like you are your brand you can do anything Mm -hmm. as your brand your niche is just like the vehicle to get more exposure, which is, it works, but I think it can be limiting sometimes for some people and that, I mean, the overthinking and overwhelm is real for sure. Mm-hmm. Now. Okay. I'm curious. I always ask people, how do you deal with hate comments? Do you get much hate comments? I think one good thing about the skincare space or the skincare community is that we don't have as much hate as other spaces might just because like there aren't many opinions that are super polarizing besides like, you know, using the St. Ives abricot scrub. I was going to say that. I'm like, <laughs> that's pretty polarizing. TBH. But like for the most part, like people in the skincare space are like, not like, it's not like hate. It's not like bullying, you know, it's like, right. Oh, you know, like Hiram said he didn't like that, but it's not like, you know, you should, you know, all this like dramatic stuff. And I think that's like one good thing about the space but I definitely, you still do get them, right? You still do get those trolls, like talking about your skin, talking about, you know, like all this type of stuff. And, oh yeah, that's what I wanted to make a differentiation between because like there are comments that people have a different opinion and those I don't really mind, right? Like people are like, oh, I don't like that product or you should stop talking about this product because it's bad for you. Like those are just like different opinion comments, but like Every so often you do get the just pure hate comments that are not like, you know, that it's like, you should go. It's not feedback. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's not not feedback. It's bullying. And those are like, it's just, I don't know. It's like, I think like growing up, I did experience some bullying. And so like, it did help me. That did help me with like figuring out how to deal with bullying online. But bullying online is a little bit different than like being bullied in person because it's just like, it's weird. It's like- You can't get away from it. Yeah, it's weird because people (laughs) jump to conclusions too, like over every Uh little thing. Have you noticed, is it like on the videos that go really viral for you? Like the ones that go outside of your audience? Always, that's always how it goes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always the ones that go outside and like people don't get it that like- that those comments come in I think it's because like I like the oh you're a guy you shouldn't be doing skincare you're a guy you shouldn't be doing makeup comments like I've kind of gotten used to those because that's like what I grew up around like people in high school saying like you shouldn't do makeup because you're a boy so I'm like whatever but yeah sometimes you do get the ones and then you're just like don't think about it but then like you're sleeping and then you start thinking about it and then you're like (laughs) it's hard it's hard to not think about it I think a lot of people like oh just ignore hate it's difficult to ignore hate, I think, in my opinion. for me, No, it's, I it's, agree 100%. I think yeah, yeah. people say like, oh, just ignore it. And like, I have said that so many times. I think I've gotten to the point now where I can mostly ignore it. And sometimes you can even play off of it where you're like, oh, I'm getting a ton of hate. Like, so the comments are going to make my video go more engagement, viral. Engagement, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, there's still stuff people say where I'm like, oh, oh, that hurt. Yeah. Like my eyebrows, people hate my eyebrows. I don't know why. Like stuff like that where you're like, cool, I can't really freaking change that. Yeah. So thanks for yeah. your feedback. Uh-huh. Like, I know. yeah, it's a weird thing because you can't really get away from it. And then you're reading it and you're like, wait, do people actually think this? But then I have to just delete or I just don't read them. Like, I think I've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, like uh, I had some ads that I did for Splice and like the comments uh-huh. on those are just like freaking brutal. Like they're like, oh, this yeah. is a man, right? Like calling me transgender. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh-huh. Like what? It's 2021. Uh-huh. That's not really an insult yeah. anymore, bro. But um, yeah, exactly. yeah, it's hard because they, 
it doesn't just like leave when you like go home from school or go home from work. Like it's still there on your phone at all times. I did see how you played on one. I think I saw like somebody was like, you look Chinese. And then you're like, (laughs) and you reply to it. You're like, oh, is this supposed to be like an insult? I don't get it. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hosted that one because I have almond shaped eyes and they're like, Mm -hmm. do you have, they're like, are you mixed race? Like, are you Asian? Are you Pacific Islander? And I'm like, no, I'm just white. I'm boring. But (laughs) it's funny because someone commented like, yeah, you look Chinese in that first one with like a laughing smiley. And I was like, wait, is it supposed to be an insult? Cause like, okay, thanks for the compliment. (laughs) And then people are just so, I don't get it. I'm like, can we not like, it's like, what is the reason? Yeah. Who hurt you? <laughs> like, I just don't. It's crazy thinking that, like, people just scroll on their TikTok feed to, like, comment these types of things. I'm like, like, what is the reason? I just don't understand. I don't. I've never felt. I mean, maybe if I was, like, 13 or, like, maybe if I was, like, a child. But I've never felt, I've said this before, inclined, if I see a video on my page, to comment something mean. I've never been like, oh, you should tell her eyebrows are ugly. Like, <laughs> who does that? I know. It's like, even when I see stuff on my For You page that rubs me the wrong way or I don't like I'm just like scroll or not interested sometimes I will like leave my feedback but I'm never Mm -hmm. like mean I think like I'll be like yeah like I don't agree with this or whatever yeah 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 yeah, for sure but I'm never like I hated this video like you are so ugly like I don't who does that understand it makes you wonder like what is going on in people's brains I think that there's like an issue where people genuinely don't understand that like creators are people like I think there's like almost a disconnect there there's definitely a dehumanization of social media personalities and you know we've seen it with big and small influencers and it really doesn't matter how small you are like once you present yourself as like this creator online like people just all of a sudden like assume like they can say whatever they want about you yeah and then they're like oh well you're a public figure so you're asking for it and it's like okay that's not how this works I know that's like just because like I I'm, yeah it's not but do you filter your comments at all or do you just leave it no I just leave them <laughs> and I don't delete hate comments I just leave them too <laughs> just to let people see how terrible other humans are yeah yeah and just in case like I ever need receipts or anything <laughs> like, <laughs> I just leave them and I don't filter my comments you're um, stronger than I am I just like let them comment whatever I had to start filtering my comments because I was like, for me, like I always tell people like you have permission. If there's something that like really is something you don't want to read, then like have it filtered because you shouldn't have to accept things into your mental space that are going to like damage your, you emotionally and your mental health. So like, I always tell people like, you know, you have permission to use these features if it's something that you're really like like I don't want to read anything about people critiquing my body because of my mental health history I'm like Mm -hmm. that is not something I even want to cross my brain like I don't even want to think I don't even want to know what you have to say Mm -hmm. so I've filtered a lot of that kind of stuff and I know other people have like similar things or like if they have children with special needs they'll filter some words to prevent bullying so I mean it's always there if you need it but I like your approach to you want the receipts (laughs) It's a valid, it's a valid reason. (laughs) I'm always like in it for like thinking about all the way out there. Like one day, one day. (laughs) One day you'll have it. Well, then it's funny because like all the drama in the beauty community right now with like Tati and all that, like people are getting sued over YouTube videos at this point. So, I mean, receipts, they're needed. It's crazy, yeah. You might need it in a lawsuit one day. Hopefully not. Knock on wood. (laughs) Okay, so I always ask people when we're wrapping up, what is one thing that you would go back and do differently if you were like restarting your channel, your TikTok account today? Like you just start over new. What would you do differently knowing what you know now? I think I would start earlier, like just not waiting until quarantine to start creating, creating earlier. And just because like, it'd be nice. (laughs) And then also just to not be scared to make friends in the space. I think when I was first starting off, I like was scared to make friends in the space. And 
I like still viewed them as like untouchable or like, you know, didn't want to, I don't know. Just like, there's like this intimidation factor. And Wait, are you friends it, with Hiram? No, we're mutuals, but we don't like have chats and stuff. It's okay. One day you'll get, yeah, you guys, nice. I'll see you on his YouTube channel collabing. <laughs> it would be nice to have chats, but uh, yeah, I think like making friends and I think like, and maintaining those relationships because it's like, yeah, you, sometimes you like message somebody and then, or you, you follow somebody and they follow you back and you become mutuals. And it's just like, okay, cool. Like we're just mutuals or like, or they say, Hey, like, thanks for following like your content. And that's just the end. Mm-hmm. I think it's like maintaining that relationship because like your friends in, in the community are like the greatest wealth of information that you have to move forward. And like, they, there's so much information that I learned now from them. that I'm like, Oh my God, I wish I knew that when I was first starting out because it would have helped so much with this, or I could have done this instead, like if I just knew this sooner. And that wouldn't have been possible if I didn't create and maintain these relationships with these other creators in this space. And so like, that's the one thing I would have like started and done differently if I started over again. Yeah, I think that's so important. That's even something I'm still learning. Like, I think at first, like in any new situation, like a lot of times you see people around you as competition or like, you're competing with them for views, but like, there are so many freaking billion people in the world. Mm -hmm. You're really not competing with anyone. And I think that's for me been something really powerful that I've come to understand more deeply this year is like, you really have to lean on your other friends in the industry because this is unlike any other career. Like it's not a nine to five. There's no rule book. So having those people you can rely on and even just be like, Hey, my views suck. Like, what's going on and they're like no you don't suck like you rock like you gotta have those people to cheer you on because they know yeah support Mm -hmm. it's like the most important yeah it's like a network of support and knowledge and reassurance and it's like it's good it's like and that's definitely something that I got over to it's like they're not your competition like everybody does their own even though everybody's in the same niche everybody's kind of doing their own thing yet you can all still help each other and I was like after learning that, I was like, oh, I'm like so open now. Yeah, I love that. I'm glad you figured that out now and not five years from now, because that's going to help you grow so much. Mm-hmm. And I'll invite you to Clubhouse as soon as we're done with this interview so you can connect with more I'm creators. I'm so excited. Like, it's like, it, literally, it is FOMO. It's truly FOMO. I, that's I how like they're see. getting people. It's insane. I know. It's blowing up. It's just a mind of a master. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, dang, why didn't I come up with this? Someone was like, it feels like conference calls. Like, it feels like 90s, like, conference calls. Like, when I was explaining it to my dad, he was like, like a conference call? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> but better. Yeah. It's like, it's the, the funny thing is, is like, I posted on Twitter. I was like, OMG, I want like a clubhouse invite. People were in my DMs that I didn't even know trying to like sell me one. They're like, Oh, we'll sell you. I'll sell you one. And I'm like, uh, no, no, no I way. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, I have one for sale. And I was like, no, like, I think eventually I'll get an invite from a friend, which <laughs> I Here did we say. Are. Thank you. Perfect. Thank well, thank you, so, you so, much. so much for joining me. I'm really excited. I feel like we have a lot of aspiring people in the skincare and beauty space. So I hope this helps them a lot. I know. I really hope that I've seen a lot of younger creators starting to create skincare content coming up on my FYP. And it's like, so it's so nice. And especially to see like boys too and and girls, but like, especially when I see like younger boys, like getting into the beauty space on TikTok, I'm like, oh, like, this is like, I like, like, this is, I'm glad, like, I'm happy for them. It's crazy. I can't help them. It's crazy to see how far Boys in Beauty has come, though, since, I mean, James Charles, I feel like really, you know, he broke a lot of barriers in that space mm-hmm. in the last, like, five, six years. And, yeah. like, I feel like the conversation around, like, skincare for men really is becoming more prevalent. I love, like, seeing you breaking down the barriers of men in skincare because there's I mean, there are big names. Like, I mean, I feel like probably Hiram would be the biggest one I can think of, but like, there's not enough. We need more. We need more men in skincare and beauty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Breaking down the barriers. Okay. So let our listeners know where they can find you on social and I will put links in the show notes as well. 
My socials are Roger Who. The Who is WH0, not an O. Don't ask me why I was in middle school. <laughs> and it's just consistent Roger Who from TikTok to Instagram to YouTube if I do decide to, you know, start doing that again. I don't know. Maybe if like people start following me, I'll like, okay, I'll create YouTube content. And I don't know. Is that, is that how people find you on Clubhouse too? Like your username? <laughs> yeah, they can. So you can make that your Clubhouse username no, too. Once Victoria gives me an invite, thankfully. You can find me on Clubhouse at Roger Who. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're preemptively plugging it like on a platform you're not even on yet. I love it. Okay, well, thanks for listening, you guys. Make sure you give us some feedback, leave us a review, and let me know who you guys want to hear from next. Thank you so much for pushing play today. That's it for this week's episode. Remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or review if you liked what you heard. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and TikTok and join our exclusive Facebook community group for more support and guidance as you grow. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson, and I'll see you next week for another episode of TikTok Radio.